Hey everyone, it's me, Blaney. So if you don't know, every Tuesday I host a show called True Crime Convos on Spotify Greenroom. But I'm doing something extra special on October 23rd just for its Haunted What Now listeners. So on October 23rd at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm going to have author Mark Hartsman on to talk about his new book called Chasing Ghost. It's a really, really good book, and the best part is you get the chance to win it in a giveaway. All you have to do is follow at Mark Hartsman on Instagram, download Spotify Greenroom on your Apple App Store or Google Play, follow me at Laney Hobbs and at Mark Hartsman on Greenroom, send me a screenshot of all of these steps followed to hauntedpod at gmail.com with the subject Chasing Ghosts for your chance to win a copy of his book called Chasing Ghosts. And I really hope that you join us on October 23rd to discuss his book and share your creepy and paranormal stories with me. Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. I feel like I always take a minute here to talk about how excited I am to tell you the stories that I've collected today. But I'm actually really excited to share these stories I've collected today. From strange sightings to ghostly encounters, I feel like these stories really capture the essence of classic scary stories that we all think of when we think of paranormal experience. They could happen to anyone, even you, as you're listening to me talk about them. That's kind of freaky. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first story today comes from Red Xander, who brings us a story of the shadow people and their unsettling experiences seeing them throughout their life. For the first year or two of seeing them, I would only see the shadow people from far away. If I were playing outside with the neighbors, I would see something tall, taller than a normal person, shooting from one house to another. Anytime I asked, the neighbors would tell me that nothing was there. Once, I even ran over to see if it was a dog or something, and nothing was there. This continued for a while until at one point, I noticed them at night. I'd see one standing just out of view under a lamppost, but I could tell it was there. I had the heavy feeling that I was being watched. One night, shortly after I was in my room, I was on my iPad and heard a noise from one side of the room. I had a flashlight and I directed the beam around. There was nothing. I was in a loft bed, so I was afraid that something was hiding underneath it. But again, there was nothing. I don't know why, but I shone the light towards the air vent that was visible from my bed. There in the light, staring back at me, was an all-black face with glossy, beady eyes. 
It stared at me for a second before moving away from the light. I screamed, but by the time my mom came in to look, there was nothing. About three years ago, one of the shadow people seemed to follow me to the school bus when I left in the dark early morning. While I didn't see it, my neighbor did, and they told me what they saw. As I left my garage that day, I was late. Everyone else was already at the stop. I walked down the middle of the road, and though my neighbor yelled something to me, I don't remember what it was. Later, my neighbor told me that there was a tall, dark man following right behind me. When we checked the cameras positioned above the garage, they didn't show anyone else there. Abruptly, about two years ago, I stopped seeing the shadow people. It led me to believe that I had just been seeing things and that it didn't really matter at all. That was, however, until one night when I woke up again to the feeling of someone watching me. I rolled over and looked across my room, towards the door and saw a large, hulking figure, hunched over like it didn't fit in the room properly. I was too scared to move, and in front of my eyes, it faded away and disappeared. A month or so after that, I woke up to the same sensation. This time, I chose not to roll over and to ignore it. I'm pretty sure it touched me. I felt a sharp jab as if someone were poking me a little too hard, right on my upper back. I jumped violently and didn't sleep the rest of the night. Recently, I was telling a neighbor about all of this. They told me that a little girl who lived down the street had been seeing the exact same things. She told a similar story to my neighbors before she moved. It was really freaky. As of the past eight months, I haven't seen or heard from the shadow people. Honestly, at this point, I'm curious about where they went. Okay, so if it were me, I'd be curious about them too. But I'm not sure I'd go so far as to wonder where they'd gone. Personally, I think I'd be more focused on the fact that they're actually gone. Or, at the risk of making things a little worse, sorry... I'd be worrying about how long it'll be until they come back. Maybe sleeping with the lights on isn't such a bad thing. Our next story comes from Sino, who brings us a tale of a Halloween party that took a too-real turn and had some long-lasting effects. I have had experiences with the paranormal my whole life. Shadows, apparitions, disembodied voices were all common for me. I had never given much thought to the things I'd seen or heard. To me, they were simply fun facts about me and provided scary stories that I could tell at sleepovers. That is, until fall of 2009. I was 15 at the time and had been invited to my first and only Halloween party. There were a handful of us, myself, my friend who had invited me, about six other girls, and a few girls her younger sister had also invited. We had a pretty uneventful trick-or-treating outing, running into some boys we went to school with, but nothing very exciting. When we came back to the house, we all split up to change out of our costumes, gathering back up afterwards to hang outside. 
The younger girls were on a swing set in the backyard, while we older girls were closer to the deck, chatting. I was getting cold and felt uneasy out in the dark, so I decided to go inside with another girl. We had only made it to the doorway when we heard a loud scream, and one of the younger girls came bolting in, pushing past us to get in the house. The rest of the girls followed quickly behind. My friend was asked to go upstairs and talk to the terrified girl, and shortly afterwards she came running back down to us, frantic. She told me that I needed to go with her and practically dragged me out of her room. We got to the top of the stairs, and she explained that because of my background with witchcraft and the paranormal, plus the added fact that I was the oldest kid there, that I'd be the best one to help this girl. I was brought into the room and left alone with her. The girl was sitting on the floor, knees to her chin, sobbing into her arms. I sat across from her and lightly touched her hand. She looked startled but was relieved to see me. I asked her what had happened. She explained that she'd been sitting on the swing facing the woods. As she was swinging, she started to feel weird and uncomfortable. She jumped off the swing and stood at the edge of the woods. Her friend asked her if she was okay, but she'd only shushed her. She could hear a low growling, but she seemed to be the only one who could hear it. The girl decided to take a closer look and saw two bright red eyes staring back at her. The growl got louder. Then, at this point, the girl was so terrified that she screamed and ran away. I told her that I had the same uneasy feeling near the woods, and that was why I had gone inside. We decided it would be best to call her grandmother and have her picked up. While she waited alone, the rest of us decided to watch the fly. I started to get the feeling that something was wrong, and told my friends I was going to go check on the girl waiting for her grandmother. When I walked in the room, she was sitting under the window that faced the front yard, head in her arms again. I asked if she was okay, and she said she'd seen a figure on the street while watching for her grandmother, and that the figure had the same red eyes from the woods. I looked outside, but only saw a car pulling in. No figures. My friend's dad walked her out to her grandmother and apologized for the inconvenience. I went back to the movie feeling a little better. At around 2 a.m., I woke up to use the bathroom. Unfortunately for me, so did another girl. Because I knew the house better, I used the upstairs bathroom while the girl used the downstairs. When I came out, I was drawn to the living room, where I could see the entire backyard through the window. I felt a wave of fear come over me when I stepped into the room. When I looked out the window at the edge of the woods, a shadow was standing there with bright red eyes. On its head, I could make out what looked like to be ram-like horns. I ran downstairs so fast that I thought I was going to fall. I sat on the floor at the end of my friend's bed, trying to comprehend what I had just seen. I fell asleep sitting up that night and by morning, we'd all just decided to not talk about the younger girl and what had happened to her. I couldn't get the image of the figure out of my head. When we decided to go to the woods to see if we could see anything, I didn't want to go. I stayed behind with another girl, a family friend that I'd grown up with. I told her what had happened to me, and we agreed to talk to the girl at school the next week. In the weeks after the party, 
I grew close to the girl as we tried to find a reason for what we'd seen or find out exactly what it had been. While searching for answers one day at our local library, one of the boys we'd seen out on Halloween night walked by. He apologized for eavesdropping, but he wanted to tell us. He'd seen the same thing on the same night. The three of us sat and talked over the details of the incident. We figured out there had been about two hours between each of our sightings of the figure, starting with the youngest of us and ending with the oldest. We all ended up seeing the figure periodically after that, and started to suspect that it had something to do with our past lives together. We've all fallen out of touch since then, and as far as I know, none of us have seen the figure in years. The image still haunts me though, and I sometimes see it in my nightmares. I've always wondered what it is we saw, and the real reason that we all saw it that night. Since seeing it, my abilities to see, sense, and hear entities have been stronger than ever, and I've had more strange encounters than ever before. I can't help but wonder if this being has anything to do with those abilities. I've never asked the others if they've had similar enhancements, and now I'll never have the chance. I'll admit it, the idea of past lives fascinates me. If there are shadows of our past selves lingering around us, doesn't it also mean that there are shadows of our past people lingering around us too? To me, it sounds like it could go both ways. Let me know what you guys think about past lives and if you've had any past life stories you'd like to share with the show. Our next story comes from Leash Unleashed. They bring us a story about their move to a less than appealing house and the supernatural events that followed. I finally decided to share my experience living in a ratty duplex in Salt Lake City. My son was born one week into the new millennium and was very sick. He was in the hospital for the first six months of his life. I was a young mom, 26 years old, Mormon and stressed because the baby was so sick. We lived in Seattle at the end of 1999 and had moved down to Salt Lake City on the 30th of December. The move was a bit urgent, so we didn't have the opportunity to find a proper place to live before I was due on January 5th. The house we found was just horrible looking. It was older, falling apart, and I couldn't believe that we were going to have to live there. After living in Roosevelt and experiencing all the weirdness surrounding Skinwalker Ranch, I firmly believed in the paranormal. My staunch Mormon husband, however, did not. After my son was born, I spent a week with him in the NICU before coming home, exhausted. When I'd go to bed at night, I'd hear a baby crying. My husband never heard it and thought it was a symptom of depression. It wasn't until one day that he got out of bed, thinking he'd heard the sound of a train, that he finally believed me, since we didn't live anywhere near trains. He came back confused, unsure about where the sound was coming from. The house had a basement with a large living room that had been turned into two bedrooms. The closet in the master bedroom just 
terrified me. I would feel like someone was watching us all the time. Off the closet, there was a laundry room that was in bad shape, which had its own closet and storage room. I never went under the stairs, both because of spiders, which I'm terrified of, and because of the angry, scary feeling I got whenever I went in to do laundry. I had another child, a toddler, who was in the other room in the basement. Several things happened in this place that I just can't explain. One evening, we couldn't sleep because we kept hearing what sounded like the kids running up the stairs, and then it would go quiet. It sounded like there was a wrestling match going on upstairs. Pounding and running, it just wouldn't stop. My husband flew out of bed since it was about two in the morning. He came back, pale as a ghost. Our 10-year-old was sound asleep. There was no way he was making that much racket. My toddler's bedroom light was on and my husband went in to find him sitting on the floor, playing with a black cat. We didn't have a cat. This really rattled my husband, and that wasn't the last time our toddler said something about playing with the cat. We had a baby monitor around this time, and I'll never own one again. I was home alone, and I'd left the monitor on for one reason or another. The particular monitor was very quiet on the receiving end. In that silence, I'd hear the unmistakable static sounds of someone walking in front of the transmitter. After a few months of this, I threw the monitor out. The activity was never malicious, but it was spooky. After living like this for a while, I knocked on the door of our neighbor whom we shared a basement wall with. Turns out, it was just as bad on that side of the duplex. The oppressive energy in the basement interacted with our neighbor more than it ever had with me, becoming a lot scarier and more aggressive. We had all kinds of activity in this place, and it really seemed to get stronger when my son was home from the hospital. The oppressive energy seemed to prey on his health. My son ended up getting a transplant when he was two years old, and every time he was discharged to come home, the activity ramped up in frequency. Our home care nurses and extended family all experienced things in this place. It's by and large the most haunted place I've ever been to. First of all, I hope your son is doing well now. Second, that sounds like a seriously creepy house to be living in. The monitor bit especially gets to me because I have a new baby, I do have a monitor that I specifically requested not be connected to the Wi-Fi because of things like this. So thinking about anyone in my baby's room without my knowledge sends an absolute icy shiver down my spine. I can't imagine what it felt like to go through that. Our next story comes from Zealous Traveler 357, who tells us of some terrifying experiences their friends have been having recently. (laughs) 
My friend has been seeing and hearing things lately. She lives in an older apartment building, and the other day she thought her dog was sitting in her kennel. Her dog then walked up beside her in the kitchen. Shocked, she looked over at the kennel, where she saw a small, human-like black creature crouching in her dog's cage, similar to how a bullfrog would sit. Leading up to this, she's also been seeing things out of her peripherals. Small black figures move away out of her field of vision, and this has happened to her a few times. The other day, she had a seizure in the middle of a store. Ever since then, the sightings have gotten worse. She was at work the other day and caught a glimpse of that same bullfrog-like creature crouching outside of her building. Leaving work, she felt like she was being followed. She looked behind her to see that creature again, and this time, it was following her. A police officer patrols her work parking lot and asked her if she was alright because of how visibly shaken she seemed. He didn't see anyone in the lot, except for her. A few days later, she went to use the shower. As she was getting out, someone knocked on the door. Now, she does have a roommate, but the roommate knew that she was in there. As she approached the door, the knocking sped up until she grabbed the handle to open it. And then it stopped. She confronted her roommate, who seemed to have no idea what had happened. That's the gist of what's been going on. She's had other strange things happen too, like LED lights being ripped down and slung across the opposite side of the room, or her Virgin Mary necklace ripped off her while she was sleeping, snapped right through the chain, not the clasp. She found the necklace the next morning, laid out on the bed in the way that seemed intentional. We have no idea what this could be. The research we've done never seems to fit the bill exactly. She says it's the same creature every time and that she can't make out many of its physical characteristics. Just that it's black, about human height, human-shaped, and when it's crouched, it seemed like a bullfrog. But while she was standing, she had a hard time making out its arms and legs. Okay, no thank you. Sorry <laughs> to your friend. No thank you. I mean, I hope your friend is still safe. And this sounds like a terrifying series of events that anyone would never want to be in, especially on top of dealing with serious medical concerns like a seizure. Please send them all of our best wishes, and I hope that they're able to find peace from these strange apparitions soon. And I will say that those little black wisps, I've seen things like that too in my peripheral. And oftentimes, I'm a big fan of Palo Santo and Sage, and anytime I see things like that happening in my home, I immediately Sage, and I block off that energy by saying, I only accept energy that I've invited into this home and energy that is positive. So maybe that will help your friend try and get rid of whatever negative energy seems to be following her around. Our next story comes from Wanda who brings us a terrifying story about a tiny figurine. I have a weird short story to tell. For my 16th birthday, my best friend bought me a wind-up clown figurine. The top half of the clown would turn its body in a circular motion while it played creepy music. Now, I've never liked clowns, 
but apparently my friend didn't get the message. Not wanting to hurt her feelings, I placed it on my dresser. That night, when I went to sleep, that creepy thing just started playing. No one had touched it, the house wasn't settling, and I had only wound it briefly earlier. There wasn't any reason for it to be playing. I jumped up from the bed, grabbed the clown, and threw it out the door into my living room. Now, my dad is quite a prankster, and he thought it would be funny to play a prank on me. The next morning, he picked up the clown and placed it right in front of my bedroom door. In my sleepy state, I nearly had a heart attack when I woke up and tried to step out of my door. I once again grabbed the clown, but this time I threw it down the garbage chute. I told my friend the truth, and she laughed at me, thinking it was funny. Was it haunted? I don't know. But I wasn't going to sit around and find out. I hate clowns. You know what, Wanda? I hate clowns, too, and for you. I can't picture something worse to start eerily playing in the middle of the night unless it's soft music box from a porcelain doll. And even then, it's a really close call because you know how much I hate dolls. Our final story today comes from Sonia, bringing us their experience with sleep paralysis, an out-of-body experience, and a terrifying encounter with a witch. That might not be what you expect. After multiple experiences with sleep paralysis, I met her, the witch or the old hag as some people might refer to this entity as. She stood in front of my bedroom doorway, floating in midair. She was dressed in a long black lace dress with a black veil over her face. Her hair was long and black, floating behind her as she glided closer and closer to my bed. I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. It was like something out of a movie. I was in a state of paralysis. I couldn't move and felt as if I was being held down to my bed with no way to escape. My eyes were open and I could see and feel her. It felt more real than reality to me. When the witch grabbed my hand, I felt a surge of emotion and sensations that I have never felt in my entire life. The feelings of death pain, suffering, and sadness. What I struggled to understand that night was, whose emotions was I feeling? Was I feeling her emotion of a lifetime ago that she suffered in? Or was this a flashback to one of my past lives? I felt as if she was a family member visiting me from the grave to remind me of who I am or who I once was. A lot of my current life events would align very well if I had lived as a witch once upon a time. That still is a mystery to me. It truly is something that haunts me. I suddenly became very cold, the kind of cold you feel on a morning winter day as the front door of your home opens. I remained frozen and absolutely horrified. The witch came closer and closer. Her veil suddenly vanished and I could see her face she wasn't scary at all, she was simply beautiful. She had full red lips, eyes big and bright, and a beautiful jawline. 
She kneeled, smiled, and looked up at me. Closing her eyes, she caressed my face and grabbed my hand. She projected a vision to me of what looked to have taken place in the 1600s during the Salem witch trial days. I believed for a moment that she was showing me my ancestors. In the vision, I hear a woman screaming and the townspeople cheering on this atrocious event. The townspeople slowly went silent and vanished. I couldn't make out the face of the woman who was being burned. I could hear buzzing sounds as I normally do during a paralysis. I felt like I was being pulled back to my body and to my current reality. When I closed my eyes, I was back in my bedroom, but not fully in bed. It was my first out-of-body experience. I remember opening my eyes and slowly approaching my bedroom ceiling. Naturally, I began to panic. My heart was beating so fast it felt like I was going to die. I was tingly all over and I felt complete dread. That's when I realized the night terror wasn't fully over. I was disoriented and confused and it took me a few seconds to realize my surroundings. I could look down and see my body laying there, fast asleep next to my partner. Something was growling and making strange vibrating noises. The growl was deep and evil and it sent fear through my entire being. Floating there above my body, I saw shadow figures and what I believe were demons. I was slowly floating downwards, closer to my body. The shadow figures were growing and the door became like a black void. The figures were screaming, rushing with extreme speed towards myself and my partner, all while I hovered helpless like swimming through molasses. I screamed and tried with all my might to get to my body. I was suddenly falling and had no idea what was going to happen next. The next thing I remember was waking up in a panic in bed, ripping the bed sheets off and gasping for air. I felt like I'd been suffocating for hours. I had the sensation of walking, quick and with a purpose, nearly running. Next, I remember waking up to full awareness and being in my kitchen. I realized my partner would be worried by my strange behavior, so I rushed back to the room, hoping he hadn't seen me rush out of bed like that. He was awake and looking at me in pure horror, wanting to know what had just happened. I eventually admitted I was sleepwalking and apologized for waking him up. That was the first and last time I ever saw the witch. If she was asking me for help or showing me a message, I'll never know. The next morning, I explained to my partner everything that had happened. He laughed it off, telling me I'd gotten worked up over a dream. I sipped quietly on my coffee and agreed with him. Still laughing, he kissed me and left for work. As the day went on, I noticed I couldn't find the remote for the TV. This wasn't out of the ordinary. I often had things go missing and lights would flicker. I'd even hear noises and voices sometimes. But this specific morning, for some reason, gave me a very eerie feeling. It was like someone was in the room, watching me, and I kept hearing muffled voices. At first, I thought it was my neighbors, but they were out that morning. I played some music, but every time I turned the music down to listen, the voices would stop. I ended up shrugging my shoulders and choosing to ignore it. I was exhausted from the rough night I'd had. From that day on, I've been very sensitive to my surroundings. 
I've been able to see auras, feel energies, and tap into my abilities. Once, I was in deep meditation and suddenly heard a female voice shouting my name, yelling at me to get up. I woke in a panic, but no one was around. A sensation of peace seemed to wash over me, and it felt so strange after the rough night that I still remembered with my sleep paralysis. To most people, this is just another paranormal experience or story. But to me, this is more real than reality itself. It's a part of who I am, and I've learned to expect the paranormal and embrace it into my life. This is definitely a terrifying experience. Sleep paralysis sounds horrible and my heart goes out to anyone who experiences it. Knowing it might be in your head doesn't make it any less frightening. I don't know what I'd do if something similar happened to me and I really love how even through your fear, you seem to have dealt with the situation with a lot of bravery, so kudos to you. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance provided by Aaliyah and Rebecca Lopez. Writing assistance by Meg Williams. The official composer for the show is Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that?